Hey guys, what we're about to dive into is second round interviews. Um, long story short, congratulations first and foremost on being uh, promoted into the management training program. Um, however, part of your certification to get to corporate trainer uh, is knowing how to do a successful second round interview. <laughs> so very, uh, very basic how you guys start off is Trish will hand you the interviewee sheet. It will have a lot of their basic information on it. It's going to have the time that the interview starts, their name, their phone number, um, where they apply to, if they're looking for full-time, part-time, all of that fun stuff. So what then happens is when the interviewee walks through the door, uh, they fill out another form. So Trish gives that to them, they fill it out, then they hand that to you. That's essentially going to be your cheat sheet. There's a very important segment on there um, where it lists three important things in order to them whether it be fun and enjoyable work environment, growth and advancement, or money and financial stability. Whichever one is number one you want to talk about, um, it's just like the hot spots in the field. right? you got to hit what's important to them to get them excited about the position. So to start off, typically what's going to happen is as soon as you get that sheet, you look it over, you uh, go in your mind where you want the interview to go, what you want to talk about. So after that happens, you go out, you introduce yourself, you know, hi, I'm Ryan, um, you know, very nice to meet you, I'll be conducting your second round interview today, um, you know, let's go ahead, if you're going to the office, head to the back office, if you're going downstairs, just let them know, hey, we're actually going to be conducting this interview downstairs in the cafe. Well, you guys uh, go, of course, walk down there while you're waiting in the elevator, um, great time to start some small talk. So... What you guys, uh, what you guys would kind of want to be asking is, you know, hey, how's uh, how's your morning going, right? They'll give you an answer, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, perfect. Um, so just so you guys know, the purpose of the second round interview today is just for uh, just for you to be able to get to see what we do on a day to day basis, um, and just to make sure that you'd be a great fit for it. Right. Typically, um, our interviews don't actually last too long. You'll probably be with me for about 15, 20 minutes max. Uh, you know, just so you can get a feel for what we do. Right. They're all excited about it. Cool, cool, cool. You guys get into the cafe. You sit down. Now, the first thing that I do, because I want to make sure that we are all on the same accord, is, hey, um, you are of the understanding that this is a direct sales and marketing firm, correct? Right, as soon as they tell me yes, perfect, we're all good, they already have a good semblance for what we do. Sorry about that. So I let them know, hey, you guys understand this is a direct sales and marketing firm, right? They tell you yes, alright, perfect. Now you guys uh you guys have a good semblance for what we gotta do. Boom. So the first step I go over is the presentation. So I let them know that. Awesome. So because you guys know it's uh, because you know it's direct sales and marketing, the first thing I actually want to show you is one of our presentations, right? We do a little bit of role playing. I'll be the sales representative. You just be the customer. Cool. They say, all right, cool. Boom. You just go through a full present like you would with a member. Hey, how's it going? Boom. Who do you guys have for cable? Cool. What are you paying? Da da da. You know your DVRs can do this. Ours can do this. X, Y, and Z. You go through the full present with them. Um, give them the close, and then at the end, of course, instead of, you know, obviously ask for business, let me get your name, address, phone number, yada, 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 right? At the end, they're just going to kind of look at you, because, of course, they're not going to know it's done, 
You just want to ask them. Hey, that was easy enough, right? Now, if you did the presentation right, they'll be excited about it. Because if you can show somebody um, that's you having full control over a presentation, them never seen one before, uh, that's going to get them really excited to let them know the sales part of it is super easy. Right? And that helps you transition into it next. So after you do the presentation to get them excited about it, you're going to let them know. All right, cool. So uh, really that's, um, that's the first step. Right now, what we actually, uh, you know, easy enough, right? They'll tell you yes, perfect. Now, with the proper teaching and training, do you feel this is something that you could do? Right, flip it back on them, have them tell you yes. Right, everyone's going to tell you, oh yeah, I could definitely do that. All right, awesome. Now, the first thing um, that we go through in the second round interview is our win-win-win. It's how we view the scope of our business. So. The first win is going to be the retailer, right? In this case, and I always use Costco AT&T as the example. In this case, Costco. Um, the second win is going to be for the client, in this case, AT&T DirecTV. And the third win is going to be for us. And then I always ask them, hey, what do you think the first win is? Right? Depending on their answer, that's how you, uh, that's how you guys want to take it. So if they're really confident in their answer, even if they get it 100% right, you want to take them down um, just a peck. So if they're like, yeah, the biggest win for the retailer is you guys get, uh, you know, there's somebody in there helping their members out, and, you know, and they're hitting all the right answers, and they're just super confident about what they're saying. Um, yeah, hey, that's actually, uh, you know, that's definitely part of it. However, the biggest thing, right, let them know that they missed something kind of huge. However, the biggest win for the retailer is that they, uh, they actually get a higher caliber of employee inside their warehouse that's not only there just to sell the AT&T DirecTV product. They're actually there to help the members, right? And then I let them know, okay, with every win, there is a loss. Now, what do you think the biggest loss for AT&T DirecTV is? I'm sorry, the biggest loss for Costco. Right, they're gonna tell you, well, I don't see one. Maybe if you guys don't sell a whole lot, right? Now, say they get the wrong answer, um, but you can kind of tell they're a little bit shaky on it. So they're like, well, I don't really know what the biggest loss would be. Maybe it's uh, if they don't sell a lot. And then you're like, hey, you guys, right now you want to do the opposite. Whereas before, when they're really confident and you're trying to kind of knock them down a peg, if they're kind of shaky on it, or you could tell that there's a little bit of nervousness in their voice, you just want to build them up. Hey, that's actually almost spot on, right? The biggest, you know, um, one really huge thing actually as well, though, you know, you were 100% right. Um, one other thing that we do add on to there, though, is the biggest loss for Costco is just going to be, you know, misrepresentation of the brand. Right, if we have somebody in there that's not doing right by the members, that's not helping the members out, of course it doesn't look good on Costco. Like, okay, yeah, cool. What you want to do, though, <clears throat> the reason that you hype them up if they're wrong and you kind of knock them down a peg is if they're right is because you don't ever want them to feel like they have control over the interview or like, you know, they're just uh, they're on top of the world, right? Like, they'd be lucky to have me. You don't want that. You want them to genuinely, right, you know, want want the job and you don't want them to feel like you know basically they just smoked you right just like the field you don't want a member to have full control you don't want the uh 
You don't have the interviewee to have full control over, of course, your interview. The biggest thing to remember is they're applying for the position. You're not. You have the position to offer. Right. So the second win for the retailer, or I'm sorry, for AT&T DirecTV, again, you let them know, hey, what do you think it is? Right. Typically, the answer, well, you guys just sell the product for them, right? Hey, the biggest win for AT&T DirecTV is they actually get a 100% return on their investment. Right, essentially they get free advertising. Right, because we are that direct sales, because we are that human to human interaction, you know, it's way more effective than any type of flyer that you know they're trying to mail to your house or that you know they might put on your car window or something. Right, you just verify. Hey, does that does that kind of make sense? And but yeah, all right, cool. Now, what do you think the biggest loss for uh, AT and T Direct TV is? Well, I don't know. Maybe if you guys didn't do the sales, it wouldn't be good. You know, maybe if you guys lied about pricing, blah, blah. Right, so the biggest loss for AT&T DirecTV, actually, is just misrepresentation of brand. And then I kind of, I paint the picture for them. Hey, when I'm in the store, you know, uh, I, I have an AT&T lanyard that I'm wearing, right? It has the AT&T logo on it. So what happens if is, is if a member has a bad experience with me, they're not going to blame me personally. They're not even going to blame Costco. They're actually going to blame, you know, AT&T, right? A week from now, they're not going to remember who messed up or who was, you know, rude to them. They're only going to remember that it was an AT&T representative. Therefore, they don't like AT&T, right? You can obviously see how that'd be problematic for the client. They're going to tell you yes, of course. All right, awesome. Now, the biggest win for us, getting selfish a little bit, what do you think it is? Right, they're gonna tell you, well, the more sales you make, the more money you get. Say, so, hey, that's a huge part of it. But truthfully, the biggest win for us is if we represent AT&T so well, if we represent Costco so well, these retailers, these clients, more retailers and more clients want to work with us. And of course, we can't be in two places at once, right? So what that forces us to do is that forces us to expand and promote out more managers. Right. With more managers, we just get more revenue streams, more opportunity. Everybody starts to make more money. Now, what do you think the biggest loss for us is? Right. Truthfully, the answer I get most of the time is I don't really see one. Right. And I always kind of agree with them. Hey, I can definitely see why you do that or why you would say that. However, the biggest loss for us is going to be compliance. So I let them know, you know, AT&T, they're, you know, a fourth most valuable company in the world. Costco is one of the most prestigious retailers, uh, you know, all over the world as well. We're not the only ones trying to represent these brands and partner with these companies. Right. So if we ever slip up on the compliance end of it, there's always somebody right there that's ready to take our spot that would love to represent AT&T that would love to work with Costco. Right. So we have to make sure we're on our P's and Q's with compliance. So, of course, we can sh- continue to show that we're best in class. And then just like a tie-down, hey, does that make sense? Do you have any questions on that? They're going to tell you no. Perfect. Right. The next thing that you guys go over is going to be uh, the pay as well as the scheduling. Now, it's very, very important that you guys know how to uh, explain pay correctly because what uh, what are these people looking to do, right? They're looking to get paid. They're looking to grow in advance, but they're also looking for money and financial stability. So, <clears throat> you just let them know. 
Um, basically, how it works is like I just said, phase one is the uh, sales and marketing aspect of our program. That's the sales representative. Basically, all we're looking for a candidate to do is somebody that can come in, they can learn our basic sales and marketing, that can show that information to the member, and they can get the member excited about the product. Right? If the candidate shows us they can do that, what will then happen is they will get cross-trained into our corporate trainer position. Now, as a corporate trainer, they do take on a little bit more responsibility. So as a corporate trainer, not only are they responsible for themselves, but they're actually responsible for running a small group of people. You know, uh, typically about three to four people. Um, they're also going to be responsible for doing things like second round interviews. You know, just like we're doing today. Right? Just so they can kind of get a feel. Now, once that individual shows that they can teach and train a successful team, what then happens is they get promoted into the assistant manager position. Now, as an assistant manager, you know, this individual will learn a lot of the inner workings of the office. So a lot of the back-end stuff of the business, things like hiring, firing, finances, and payroll, as well as first and third round interviews as well. Right. Reason being is, you know, when a candidate reaches the assistant manager position, um, you know, we really just have to teach them how to run the business or how to run a business I, um, before we can actually promote them out into running their own office, right? Because after phase three, what happens is they get promoted into an area manager role. Um, now, you know, they, they run their own company. But we want them to, of course, hit the ground running, which is why we have phase three, which is why they learn how to do all the back-end stuff um, so that they have a, you know, a coach and a mentor as well. That way, when they set up their own business, they're not they're not lost with what to do right now as far as pay goes um, you guys will be receiving a hybrid structure so how it works is we have a weekly guarantee and we have a commission um, structure so you never ever 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 talk about hourly pay right so the reason you don't want to talk about hourly pay is typically even when these people come in saying, you know, they want X, Y, and Z amount of dollars an hour, say they want $20 an hour, even if they were getting that at their last position, they were only working 20 hours a week. So what's that equate to? That's $400 a week, right? That's not real money. So the way we break it down is you guys have both. You guys have your weekly guarantee as well as you guys have your commissions. So, what that means is regardless of how many sales you make, you guys will never make less than your weekly guarantee. However, you know, with your commissions, you actually have the ability to add to your pay. Right? You have the ability to add to your weekly paycheck. Um, so, we kind of feel like it's the best of both worlds. Right? One thing I've been doing is, hey... Because um, on that sheet, it does break down the average pay structure. I'm sorry, the average check both weekly, bi-weekly, and monthly in the office. So after that, I'll kind of ask them if it makes sense. Hey, does that make sense, right? Is just make sure they understand how the pay works. They're going to tell you yes if they tell you no, right? You just, you just clear it up again. You just go through it again. But, and then I'll ask them, you know, are you actually used to getting paid weekly or bi-weekly or monthly or what? Right? Most people is bi-weekly. All right, cool. So as you'll see, in phase one of our program, 
um, the average person bi-weekly is making X, Y, and Z. Right? It's broken down for you right there. I think their bi-weekly is like 1300 to, uh, I want to say like 1800 bucks or something. Right? So you just let them know that. There's what you guys are looking at on a two-week basis. Right? They're getting used to pay weekly. All right, cool. The average sales representative. Um, or average person in phase one in our program is making, I believe, on the sheet, it's six fifty to nine hundred bucks. So six fifty to nine hundred bucks is what the average uh, sales representative is looking at in their in their you know in phase one, right? And then of course as they go up, you just read the numbers off the sheet. So of course as you guys go up, with the more responsibility you get, your pay gets higher. Um, the average corporate trainer is making anywhere from nine hundred and I think it's to like thirteen hundred dollars a week. And then the average assistant manager, I believe that's from 1300 to, I want to say 16 or 1700 Something like that. It's on the sheet, basically. So you just break it down like that. Let them know, average weekly check, boom, boom, boom. Um, biggest thing, though, you never want to get into hourly pay. And you want to make sure they understand that they get the weekly guarantee. And they can also add on top of that, you know, if they make commissions as well. Well... So after you guys have understand that, it's all right, cool. Now it's time to kind of break down the schedule. Um, you know, how it works is we do have a morning meeting every morning. Um, you know, it's probably what you guys saw everybody come out of because typically if the interviews are there at 9.45 or 10, you know, 10.15 even, they'll still see some semblance of people coming out of atmosphere, whether they stayed back or what have you. So I just let them know, hey, you know when you saw people walk out this morning? They're like, yeah, all right, cool, that's what that was. That was the morning meeting. Now here, uh, <clears throat> now here, our full-time sales representative, they actually be looking at, you know, Monday through Friday, and from 10 a.m. to 8.30, um, that's be their in-the-store shifts, and they have the weekends off. However, when somebody does become officially part of the management training program, right, they upgrade to a six-day work week, their weekly guarantee gets bumped up, um, and they actually work weekends. Now, the reason weekends are so coveted in our business is because since we're in a retail setting, right, you get way higher foot traffic on the weekends. It's an opportunity to make more money. You are going to advance way faster, right? That's actually going to put their mind at ease and explain to them why we do work weekends. Because typically when you tell somebody, hey, you're going to be working eight hours on the weekend, what are they going to do? Right, they're going to kind of hesitate, like eight hours on the weekend. Like, yeah, I'm not really too sure about that. But you just got to explain the benefits as it relates to our business. Right? What's the biggest benefit, of course? Higher foot traffic. What's the benefit of higher foot traffic? Boom, more money. Right? So you just let them know it's really the, the biggest way to make money. You guys just go out and you just crush it the weekends. Like, okay, yeah, cool, that makes sense. All right, perfect. <clears throat> Pardon me. The last thing that you guys uh, that you guys talk about is just, just a questionnaire. Um, I'm not going to go over that too much. Really, it's self-explanatory. You just read all the questions off the questionnaire. Make sure they do not have any more questions about the pay, though. And again, another tie-down. Hey, does that make sense? They're like, yeah, it does. All right, cool. Any questions for me? They're like, nope. Perfect. I have a few questions for you. Pull out your questionnaire. You know, what drives you? What's your definition of success? Have you ever had a boss you didn't like? Um, why should we bring you on board? Why? Uh, what are some other areas in your life you've been personally successful in? Um, how much money do you expect to be making yearly or later on in life? Blah 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 blah. Um, kind of all that. Where do you see yourself in five years? Right. It's a list of I'm pretty sure it's ten questions. 
anybody you want to ask them that. And then you just want to close out the interview. <laughs> so you let them know. Uh, all right, cool. After you're done with the final questions. Boom, boom, boom. All right, cool. So uh, after this, you know, um, do you guys have any more? Do you have any final questions for me? Right? They're going to say yes and ask you to explain something. Or they're going to ask you a question or they're just going to tell you no. Right? You always want to ask the final question. Always, always, always. So regardless of say yes or no, if they say yes, answer their question, find out what it is, um, answer it, and then, you know, all right, cool. So, hey, I'm here. How the process works from here on out is we uh, we are going to be reaching out to probably the top two or three candidates that we feel would best fit the position. Um, we do like to move fast, however. So, you know, if you're, if you're selected to come back, um, we'll probably be making our decision by the end of the day. So you should definitely be hearing from us. Um, you know, but by the end of the day, basically, uh, you know, Hey, let me ask this though. Um, if everything does go well, when would you be looking to start? Right. They're going to tell you X, Y, and Z. It's important. And I missed this up front. It's important that you ask that question, uh, at the beginning of the interview. Hey, if everything goes well today, when would you be looking to start? And after essentially you've completed the interview right before you cut them reason you want to ask that twice is so you can kind of gauge check what you did right or what you did wrong because if i'm like hey you know when would you be looking to start at the beginning of the interview and someone's like i have to put in my two weeks and then after i go through the whole position and they're like i'm like hey when and when did you say you could start and they're like oh man i can start asap perfect you know you did a great job on the interview because their two weeks just went because their start date just went from two weeks to boom, I can do it right now. On the flip side of that, though, if I'm asking them at the beginning of the interview, hey, when can you guys start? And they're like, oh, ASAP. Right? You go through the whole second round interview. You're like, hey, when would you be looking to start? And they're like, oh, now I need to put in my two weeks. Right? You know there's a disconnect there because what happened? Their impulse dropped. You took them from ASAP. And then whether you messed up or whether they just didn't feel what, you were saying they didn't want to do what we do that's when they start adding time to it well you know now i have to give uh, my week probably my work probably a week's notice yeah i definitely have to put my two weeks in right that's uh that's kind of know how lack of a better word that you just messed up the interview right there's nothing wrong with it um it just gives you a gauge check so you can come back and say yeah hey i think i need to work on something because they said they could start as soon as possible but uh at the end of the interview they told me two weeks Right. Um, yeah. Other than that, that's pretty much all we have for the uh, for the second round. Um, you know, if you guys have any questions, give me a call. Um, you know, get with me tomorrow in Atmosphere. Um, that way, we can kind of hammer it out because hopefully, we can get uh, both you guys at least one, if not multiple, second round interviews by uh, by Tuesday. I'm sorry, not by Tuesday, but, you know, in the in the next two days, by Friday. So, um, that's all I have for you guys. Just say give me a call if you have any questions.